This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. All right, so the story of the convicted female killer, uh, cop, killer, cop police officer, Rosemary Nomia Ndlovu, has been captured in a book which was launched here in Johannesburg last night. Uh, the former police officer was found guilty of the murder of five of her relatives and one of her lovers. She arranged a brutal murder of her lover, who was also a father of her child, her sister, cousin, niece, and two nephews to cash all in a bid to cash in on life and funeral policies. According to the investigating officer in the case, uh, Ms. Ndlovu tried to cash in on more policies while behind bars. The book is titled Killer Cop, Rosemary Ndlovu's Story. It tells the story of a person who's been now regarded as South Africa's most significant female serial killer since Daisy Damalka. The author of the book is the Times Live editor, Naledi Shange, who joins me in studio this morning. Good morning, Naledi Shange. Good morning, Titi, and good morning to your listeners. Uh, thank you very much for coming in. Congratulations on the book. How are you feeling now that uh, it's officially out there now and you have realized that this, uh, the end of this? How long was the journey? It's been over a year, a year and a half um, mm. of research, of writing. So I'm glad it's finally done. Yeah, is there? We does it feel like a huge weight off your your shoulder? Sense of relief, excitement. What's the emotion? Uh, a bit of nervousness about how the book is going to be received, um, but of course I'm relieved that it's finally been done. Um, I hope I've done justice to the victims, um, who are the most prominent people that feature um, in the mm. book. Yeah. Why is it such a, a point of anxiety for you? How the book does. The story is beyond me, TT. Mm. The story is about these victims um, of Rosemary and Lovu. And um, as I said yesterday in the book launch, um, during the book launch rather, mm. um, the, the, the cover, on the cover of the book is the image of Rosemary and Lovu. But the book is essentially about all the people who are left behind picking up the pieces after the trauma and um, the scars that she's left behind. Yeah. I mentioned the name Daisy Demelka. I don't know how many people are even uh, familiar with the story. Why, what, what was uh, the similarities between Daisy Demelka and, um, and uh, Rosemary Ndlov? Uh, Daisy Demelker uh, was a nurse in the 1800s. Um, she was actually found guilty of killing two of her lovers as well as as well as her son. Mm. And the motivation behind that was, like Rosemary Ndlovu, insurance policies. So Daisy Demelker was the first female serial killer that we've we had ever had in SA. And yeah, as we know with Rosemary, she was uh, convicted of killing five of her fam- family members as well as uh, one as well as her lover, um, Morris Mabasa. But uh, what we also what I also learned um, during during my investigations and my research, is that she was also um, found to have been uh, perhaps behind the death of her first husband, as well as her two children, um, Makanani and uh, uh, John Tikoza. But as I said, she was never charged um, with mm. anything in regards to those last three cases. That is the thing, that in fact the, the, the body count, if we can call it that, could be even higher. What is the story with that? I mean, is that something that police just, uh, the the case went cold, uh, they've stopped investigating, or are they still looking into those? Because... I mean, when you look at the modus operandi and the circumstances under which most of her victims died, it's very similar to those other ones that are unexplained. You say of her two 
um, with children and a, and a, and a husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when it came to the case of John Ticosa, um I understand that an autopsy was done and it lay um, uh, with uh, the officials for years on end. And by the time that Sergeant Mabunda, the investigating officer in this case, started looking into what was the actual cause of Jonti's death, um, the parts that had been um, taken to be... Um, uh, uh, for for post mortem, not mm. not for post mortem, but for further research, mm. they had already decomposed, and so there was nothing that they could do. Um, the last that I spoke to Mabunda about that, he told me that they were looking into possibly going to um, dig um, up uh, Dante's grave with the possibility of perhaps adding further charges to Rosemary and Lovell if it is found that there was foul play in Dante's death. Um, when it came to the case of Makanani, it never really went uh, very far. Makanani um, being, being her, Makanani her child, being, being, her, being her daughter, yes, mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, yeah, so the cases never really went anywhere. Dranti's docket for the most um, lay empty, and uh, some of the contents of that docket were actually found in Rosemary's house. So, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah most extraordinary. So, but tell us about the the process and the research and uh, working through the, I mean, uh, putting the book together. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you were following the case, but uh, how difficult was it, uh, you know, in terms of getting people to talk to you? Because obviously this is like some really painful stuff that uh, people had to relive in telling you the stories. Um, I actually started doing my research while the trial was underway. Um, what happened was uh, the first time that I was in court and I noticed um, some of the family members who were coming in, I started to build a relationship with them, a trust relationship with them. And uh, we... we we spent many hours talking about the experiences that they'd been through with Rosemary, talking about um, the scars that they'd been through. And uh, one of the messages that I received, for example, this morning um, was from uh, Morris's brother who said to me that um, he's grateful for this book because he feels mm. as though his brother's name will never be f- forgotten. So I'm grateful for that. Families um, from, from uh, far and wide were willing to allow me into their lives and share their stories with me. In fact, uh, just of course, for full disclosure, I was at uh, hosting the launch uh, of the book yes last night and i got to speak uh, um uh, to morris's brother is it uh justice justice yes and uh you know he was saying that uh, he just felt strongly as much as it's painful for him to talk about to even think about it. and i could see it even uh, he was like almost on the verge of tears as i was talking to him and he was saying that it was important for him that his brother not die in vain mm. you know mm. and that uh, um he will not just be a number in 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 uh in rosemary's uh, hit list and that, yeah, so that this, you know, his full story was told and that he was a, a man, a father and all of that. So, yeah, that was quite uh, um, uh, difficult. And of course, uh, in telling that, I mean, uh, the, the story also, I mean, I think uh, how you went about doing it. Just tell us about how, you know, the style that you wrote it in, because you said it was important. You wrote this for the survivors of um, the victims of Rosemary and Um. The book, the style in which I wrote it in, it's a book, it's a very easy read. Mm. And that was intentional. This book is written so that um, a child in Bushbuck Ridge can pick up the book and read it with great understanding. Mm. Um, I was hoping that the victims of these book, uh, uh, um, of Rosemary rather, would also be able to appreciate everything mm. that's and understand everything that has been written um, in, in the book. So I'm hoping that uh, even the youngsters will be encouraged to pick up a book and read mm. the Rosemary book from cover to cover because it's such an easy read. Mm. I think you can attest to that, TT. Mm. It's, it's a book that you can finish in a, in a sitting or two. Um, and I've kept it simple. I've told the story as, as best I can and as plainly simple as I can. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think that you definitely did. And yeah. it is it, 
very readable and i think uh, it is accessible to most people which i think is the point of books what is the point if you're going to write a book that's above everybody's heads i mean we want to get as many people to to read this one and i think this is a story as you say that has now become you know infamous like the daisy demelka it'll go down in history and who knows what is still to come out of this one in doing your research in talking to people that knew her did you get a start getting a sense of understanding of what drove rosemary and love to commit all these horrors did you just reduce it to that this is a psychopath or that we're dealing with or what, what did you come up with there were all sorts of um, different theories that came up, Titi. Um, we know that there was the aspect of greed that came up at one point, um, with some people said perhaps it was the gambling addiction that she was trying to feed. Um, but when I started this research, I actually received a Facebook message from one of her relatives who said to me that uh, one thing that we may not understand is that beyond, be, perhaps this is beyond Rosemary and Lovu. Um, this gentleman actually spoke of something along the lines of a curse that was uh, bestowed upon Lovu way before um, she even reached her teens. Um, and I started to, to, to dive deeper into that. And it was such an interesting aspect to actually follow. Um, somebody saying perhaps she's not in control of what it is that uh, she's actually done. We know that Rosemary pleaded not guilty to all the charges against mm. her. And one of the things that I did try to do was, was to get access to Rosemary and speak to her and hear in her own words how she feels about everything. And perhaps... As, as I said, she's never pleaded guilty or she's never admitted to any of these crimes. But I, I, I unfortunately was not given the privilege of of having that sit down with her. Mm. But I did my best to to, to lay down um, the, the different aspects of it, um, the potential of greed, the potential of the curse. It's, it's mm. all in the book. All right. My guest in studio this morning is Naledi Shange. She's the author of the book titled The Killer Cop, The Rosemary Ndlovu Story. We'll carry on talking to Naledi uh, about the book and about the story of Rosemary Ndlovu, who will definitely go down as one of South Africa's most notorious uh, um, serial killers. So you can give us a shout as well on 0861 WhatsApp 0833037093 or on Twitter at Tabiso Dima or at Power FM 987 hashtag Power Breakfast if you have uh, any questions that you would like to put to, to Naledi Shang. Power Breakfast with TT. Weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Power 98.7. 25 minutes after 8, I'm talking to Naledi Shange, the author of uh, uh, Killer Cop, the Rosemary Ndlovu story. Um, some messages coming through on Twitter for you, Naledi. Uh, Bafan Nzimande, uh, uh, he was your colleague for a short while. He was his hours, actually. We loaned him out uh, to uh, Times Live for briefly and then recalled him. He says, Naledi Mailula is a brilliant journal. I love her work. Congratulations on the book, Siswam, and the uh, team. Thank you for bringing her on. Salute, says Bafada uh, Zibande. Thank you. says that you did an amazing job. Your people on radio couldn't make it to the launch. You brought the launcher to the radio. Um, uh, where was there was another one that I saw, but it will come back uh, um, to it. Okay, let me take a call. I've got Stephen on the line from Pretoria. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Titi. I just wanted to find out from the author whether she has identified what is actually driving Meru's uh, Meru. I'm so afraid of that woman. Life is it greed or is it materialism? Okay, yeah, I think. 
Yes, I hear you, Steve. It's not a great line, Stephen. Uh, but listen on the radio. She did already touch on it. Uh, I think I did ask okay. her that question. Yeah, but uh, it's fine. I think for your benefit, I'll ask, you know, she can just go through that again. Stephen, just asking again about uh, whether you got a sense of what was driving it. Because here's the thing that I found in the book is that while, yes, it's clearly it was greed. She wanted money. But I couldn't even see what she was doing with the money. It didn't come out to say she built herself a big house. She bought herself a fancy car or, or whatever. Uh, yes, I know that in court she would come dressed to the nines and all of that. So clearly she spent some money on clothes. But she made millions, I mean, over a million rand in the claims over a period. Yeah, um, we know she made about... Just turn the microphone to face you there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know she made about 1.4 million rand in um, insurance claims. Mm. And you're right, uh, she was almost completely broke by the time that she was arrested. And that is one of the reasons why she was planning her next kill. <sighs> Nobody really knows what Rosemary did with her money. Um, we know that she was heavily in debt uh, by the time that she was arrested and she was quite desperate for cash. Um, during my research, I actually went and tried to find out what it is that she cos- possibly could have done with the money. Mm. Um, some of the things that were coming up was that perhaps she took care of her mother. I went to the house and it, qu- it was quite a modest home. It was There was nothing there that I could say was worth 1.4 million, mm. anything lavish. So I guess it was a case of easy come, easy go. Rosemary mm. lost that money as fast as she made it um, from, what I could, from what I could tell. Mm. Yeah. You touch on the mother because mm. that's another fascinating uh, relationship, I think. I think throughout, she actually was the one person who testified on her behalf. Mm. And she... What is clear is that she remains uh, in complete denial about uh, Rosemary's actions and what Rosemary had done to her family. Uh, Rosemary's mother is is um, she's just shown the the true definition of a mother's love, because even when she was faced with um, the most damning evidence about how Rosemary was allegedly plotting to have her killed as well, she remained resolute that her daughter had nothing to do with that and that her daughter also had nothing to do with the killings of her own child mm. as well as the other relatives um, who they had lost um, over a six-year period. I tried to sit down with her and ask her that, if not Rosemary, who mm. who, who did they possibly think could have been behind all these tragedies that, they would be, um, that, they, that had been fallen the family she had no answers for me and all she said was that she knew her daughter she knew her daughter and that her daughter was not capable of any of these things mm. so she's quite an interesting character as well um the relative that i spoke to said perhaps the mother is protecting rosemary and Lovo because she's aware of this curse but mm. as i said you may need to get the book so that you get a deeper understanding mm. of this curse that i speak of and by the way this uh, denial is uh, includes uh, for good measure Deny uh, even being when presented with very overwhelming evidence that, in fact, Rosemary was even planning to kill her. Yes, that's correct. Um, we had um, tes- a testimony from one of the hired hitmen who said that Rosemary had promised him 15,000 rand in exchange for him um, strangling Rosemary's mother to death. Um, he spoke about how he went to the house, knocked on the door, went in and saw this elderly frail woman who was there with a child. He asked for a glass of water and he left. Mm-hmm. And he said after that he stopped answering Rosemary's calls because he just couldn't go through with it. Um I spoke to Mum Maria Mushwana about it, and she was adamant that there was no such thing that happened. Um, we couldn't understand why this this alleged hitman would lie. She, mm. When I asked what would be the possible motivation for somebody to make up a tale such as this, she she couldn't she couldn't answer that. Mm. So yeah, as I said, um, she showed 
a mother's love because despite Rosemary being behind mm. bars, she continues to mourn Not the loss child. of yeah. <laughs> yeah. of her daughter. Yeah, uh, so I think a lot of mothers will probably understand that, especially mothers of uh, of uh, people who have committed crimes and mm. stuff like that. But just finally, you did say that you did not get access to Rosemary herself. You didn't get to talk to her. Mm. With the opportunity to present itself, is this a story that you still want to tell? Would it be something that you would still want to do? Definitely. Um, when I set out on the quest to write this book, um, a lot of the victims that I spoke to said to me, if there was one question that they could ask Rosemary, it would be why, you know? Mm. And unfortunately, that's an answer that I can I could go to the ends of the earth, but I can never answer those questions mm. for them. There's only one person who would be able to do that, and it would be Rosemary Ntlovu. So if, if that opportunity were to present itself, definitely, it would it would call for a second book. Fantastic. Congratulations on book one. We look forward to that second book. Well done. And uh, it's a fantastic read. And thank you so much uh, for doing this. I mean, also on behalf of the families, I'm just, uh, uh, Justice was saying to you, I think they're grateful for that as well. But uh, well done on this uh, uh, on this project. Thank you. Thank you very much. That is uh, Naledi Shange, author of uh, Killer Cop, the Rosemary Lovu story. And uh, yeah, it's out there now. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.